hello, and welcome to another episode of the Point Forward Podcast. We're bringing this to you on a Sunday morning. Pretty excited. PJ, Championship as Sunday. always, joining me. What's going on, man? How are you? What is happening, Ultra? Ready to talk some more NBA here? Oh, so much. I've cooled down since... I've cooled down on our rustness a little bit. I'm still pretty pissed. I still want blood. But you still, you still uh, think fans should vote? Have you thought on this anymore? Or? I only think smart fans should vote. Oh, okay. Well, we'll try to find a way of regulating that. The uh, we gotta scrap the models we were using. It's all all needs to be reworked. We really need to look at look ourselves in the mirror when it comes to voting. I agree, but you know, uh, we did that episode. We did, yeah. I mean, we have a new uh, episode. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna move on from all star stuff. We'll talk about some more once the reserves get announced. But let's start let's start by talking about the Cavs because they had a very interesting week. Started the week off real rough against the Warriors. They were out of that game really early on. The Warriors shot something like sixty five percent in the first half and put them away early. And then last night they played the Spurs and uh, lost in overtime. And, you know, I don't think that's necessarily a concern. They didn't look bad. LeBron and Kyrie both played really well. But uh, I just wanted to get your reaction off of those two games and, like, what is going on with Kevin Love? Because he's been abysmal down the, over the last five games. He's shooting 30, just above 30% over his last five games and just hasn't looked like himself. Do you think that there's – cause for concern or because i would I'd, I'd point to him first as to why they've been struggling a little bit uh no nah, i mean you look at their last the last couple so i mean they played portland sacramento the warriors game you mentioned uh phoenix and last night they played the spurs i, I mean i don't really see too much with, with kevin love that would be a concern just because we're Kind of that midpoint, maybe he's with his legs. I mean, you never know. And I, I, there's just sometimes you have certain guys that have bad stretches. They're not all, you know, per- perfect. I think, yeah, he's just kind of in the middle of a little bit of a funk. I I don't see that being something that is alarming in any in any way. Just especially because he's also. I mean, not to bring down on Kevin Love, but I mean, he's the third option on that team still. Uh, I mean, I think it's it's one of those things where they, they're at, they've they added Corver that piece. I, I think they're probably still working through some, some rotations, but I mean, looking at their schedule, I mean, they'll, they'll have a a nice stretch here of, of games, not too many off days, so maybe, maybe I wouldn't be surprised if maybe he gets a rest day here coming up, either maybe that Brooklyn game or something, you know. Yeah, he's but that's the thing is he's gotten a lot of rest. He rested two games ago, and he's still been – he hasn't shot very well. He hasn't looked great the last couple of games. I don't know. I, I agree with you. He, on the season, his numbers are still really good, and he's had a few games where, you know, he hits eight, ten threes, something like that. And, um I'm sure he'll be fine, but I. You, every year we talk about all right. This is the year that LeBron doesn't. They don't rely on him to do quite as much, and 
Kevin Love and Kyrie can kind of make things happen between those two. And LeBron's still playing heavy minutes and still being relied upon. Like, I think the Cavs on the season, I believe, are a minus team when LeBron doesn't play. And K-Love and Kyrie both do. I mean, you'd think that those two guys in the Eastern Conference could at least be, you know, a positive team. Uh, it's yeah. just kind of concerning. I mean, just so I, I'd much. I like of... to see him be a little. I'd like to see him be a little more efficient. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think if you're gonna struggle, middle of January is just a. I'm, I'm totally fine with you having some bad games then. Yeah, the, pre All Star uh, break. Yeah, I um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think it's. I think regular season, it LeBron has kind of, in some ways, it's it, his, contributions, his. Um, a lot of aspects of his, his game. It, I mean, it's been toned down at points. I, I think they're, but I, I mean that team is is so good that I think they'll be just fine. Um, but I, I I don't. I'll believe it when I see it. When you have to tell me like LeBron is not going to be an impact in games and like they're not going to need him to do everything he does. I just like. I don't know what a toned down LeBron game would ever look like until I see it at this well, point. I don't even I don't even mean a toned down game, but just him playing sixty games and him averaging thirty four minutes where I think this season he's still averaging close to thirty six and he's not getting a ton of nights off. Yeah, I mean he's taken his couple. I mean I think it's uh I mean when they've done their, their travel or on a back to back to back, so I think they've done a fine job. Yeah, resting him, but it's uh, yeah, I think Cleveland's just fine. I think it's kind of. T- I mean, to have him play the Spurs and and the Warriors and in a week is is pretty crazy, though. Yeah, I mean that's tough. They're both. I mean, pretty well. I mean, the Spurs game last night was awesome. Yeah, the, we gotta talk about the Spurs and give them a little credit there. Uh yeah, I um I mean it was kind of definitely everyone was hyping it up as a, a Kawhi versus LeBron LeBron game and it LeBron's Yeah, but you know, it's funny cuz LeBron I think has tried to at points downplay how he feels about Kawhi and playing against him, but like everyone that that talks about it just says that you know, it LeBron takes it super serious. He gets up for this game you know, a couple days before, like, his focus is on that. And when you look at how they played last night, and, like, his his emotions towards, you know, a few possessions, a couple of plays, like, yeah, it meant a lot to him. And it was uh, too bad he, uh, I mean, Kawhi, though, played excellent. I mean, that's, we were talking before, we haven't really given him a ton of, ton of love to this point. But he... No. He played bonkers. I mean, he had his career high forty-one last night. But he's um, he's a basketball android. I mean, he's just a robot. <laughs> he's it's unbelievable. And kind of circling back to the LeBron versus Kawhi uh, rivalry, it's not surprising because if you look at back at the year that the Spurs beat the Heat in the finals, I think that was three years ago. I mean, he Kawhi kind of punked LeBron, and I don't mean that like yeah. this was kind of after Game Three. LeBron kind of 
he was almost kind of saying fuck you to the rest of the heat and saying, you know, I'm just going to pass. I'm just going to get everyone open looks, and if you guys can't help me out, then we're going to lose. And they lost because they just couldn't hit shots, and Wade wasn't healthy, and Bosch didn't play great, and the rest of the supporting cast just didn't really step up to the plate. But Kawhi was phenomenal that entire series. Well, that was uh, his coming out, like, yeah. nationally, yeah. Yep, he was incredible. He, you know, NBA – uh, MVP for that series, like NBA Finals MVP for that series. He, and this season, you know, he's just grown every season. Now he's averaging almost 26 points a game. Like you said, 41 points last night. If you would have told me a few years ago that Kawhi was going to be shooting, he'd shoot 30 shots in a game, I would have said that you're crazy just because he's never been a volume guy. And now the Spurs just run their entire offense through him for the most part. And He's one of those guys that just every shot he takes you think is going in. I mean, if when you watch him, it doesn't matter if it's transition three or he just gets one of those turnarounds, like very much so in control, like elbow or mid-range jump shots. He's just money from there. And he's so athletic, so he gets really easy baskets throughout the game too. And it's he's fun to watch, man. He's been unbelievable this season. I'm you know, he was one of those no brainer all star starters, and for good reason. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's uh the the interesting part with him and like his development and it I don't think it's necessarily with him at least I never look at it as like his skills, like he's added this huge skill set. I think it's how Pop has just used him and he's just Pop's piece of putty that he just kind of tells him, "Okay, I need you to do this this game." I need you to score more. And, like, they've talked about – I think the one thing that's has developed with Kawhi, especially since even that finals, which is crazy to think, is his um, kind of confidence and his understanding of the, the fact that he needs to score more. Um, there's, like, a quote – I think it was two years ago that Pop said where he had to explain to Kawhi that, you know, when I design a play – for you to score, I'm not designing it for Kawhi to score. Think of it as I'm, I'm designing the play for the Spurs to score. Like, we need the bucket. You happen to be the vehicle in which we're going to get that basket. Because uh, Kawhi was was always, I, I guess, concerned about it, just appearing that he was taking too many shots, was kind of dominating the ball at points, and it wasn't flowing through. And, and, and so Pop puts it in this perspective of, like, don't think about it that way. Like, Sure, you scored, but just think about it as like, I need you to do that for the get the Spurs a bucket type thing. And I guess that kind of turned it around. But it's just like a funny way to phrase it. And like, that's how things clicked for Kawhi at one point. Right. <laughs> and it's the other crazy thing is he is just so quietly having very close to a 50 40 90 season. He's shooting, he's shooting 49% from the field. If he bumps that up, which over his last 10 games he's shot 54%, if he keeps shooting at that clip, he's going to eventually cross that threshold in 50-40-90, which just like doesn't happen very often unless you know, you're know you Kevin Durant, Steph Curry did it last season. It's just crazy how, how good he's gotten. and uh, He just doesn't fear LeBron. He's one of the few guys that just really doesn't. Isn't Him and Giannis. Him and Giannis are holding down that club. <laughs> yeah. And I even like Kevin Durant. I think he's just gotten beaten so often by LeBron. I don't know if he's. I don't think he's mm. afraid. But. I don't know. I think that's like kind of a mutual. Like they're kind of. I think they view each other as as equals more. And I mean, I think 
obviously I think Kawhi isn't equal to LeBron. I don't know like how that dynamic is, but um, I mean I think that's probably a little bit more of an adversarial relation or just a matchup between the two of them because I don't know if LeBron likes how much of himself <laughs> like the, the abilities like Kawhi can match him in like defensively. Oh, no. I, I mean, you know what I mean? Like you're like Oh, you know he's just I think that he gets really pumped up against the Spurs, like you said, but when he's actually in the game and Kawhi's on him, you know, I think that he can't wait for him to get switched on to somebody else. I mean, why would you want but him I just, guarding you? Yeah, but I mean, like, I think Kawhi has more than anyone been, like, the perfect dose LeBron's of, like, for LeBron. Well, no, just, like, LeBron getting a dose of his own meds. Because, I mean, LeBron just freaking just terrorizes people. And I, I mean, it says, like, last night, like, if you're just LeBron James, like how much fun is every basketball game? Maybe except when you play Kawhi, because like some of the, the the stuff that Kawhi does to him, he's like, oh, sh-. like so that's what that feels like to just like you know what, like if you to be just out like when he goes into the lane, I mean he can't really push Kawhi around as much. I mean, laterally Kawhi, I think it's just as quick as LeBron, uh, and some of the the athletic you know plays Kawhi makes too are just. You know, very, very much so uh, in a similar fashion to how LeBron plays. And I just, it, I think some of it is just like, oh, damn. So that's what everyone else in the league feels like when I do that to them. Like, and I think, I think you saw it a lot when it was Spurs versus Heat uh, in the finals because you could see him consistently going against LeBron. When they were, um, like last night, if you look at last night, LeBron shot 11 of 16 from the field. And this season, I think what's helped him a lot is he had a rough start shooting three-pointers, but his three-point percentage has gone up considerably throughout the season, and he's been shooting pretty well from out there, which you know, I think it's pretty helpful when it's almost unfair when LeBron has that because, I mean, how can you guard him out on the three-point line because otherwise he's going to just get in the paint every play. Yeah, uh, him, and, him and Boogie, that was another – I like those two dudes are, are in Russ – in some ways, but just in a from a physical standpoint, like I would never give, I would never want LeBron or Demarcus Cousins to have a running start on me when I'm pl- like defending them. They need like two steps, and then you're it's just a locomotive. You can't stop it. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing you could do. But speaking of Boogie, that's a good transition. Let's talk about Boogie a little bit, PJ. Uh huh. Because let's talk. My guy. Bit. So it's been a, a, a rough week for the Kings. They. Lost Rudy Gay for the season for a torn Achilles, and, and that sucks. It sucks. You know, that, yeah. I, I really feel bad for the guy. I hope that that can be a career-altering injury. I hope that he's able to bounce back. You've seen guys be able to come back from it. Um, and we've talked but about also, Rudy Gay quite a bit on this podcast. Yeah. So and I was going to say, uh, it sucks for Rudy Gay because you, know, you don't like to see guys get hurt but, hurt, but also pretty bad luck for the Kings because I believe they were, you know, obviously I think – trying to move him at the deadline and that option option kind of went away from them it sure did and uh so but then last night the kings match up against your bulls and kind of a controversial finish and not you know not even a kind of it was a controversial finish and oh yeah so d wade steals the ball with you know i don't know 10 seconds left or so and goes in for a dunk misses dunk foul is called uh, Boogie got called for it as he was closest to D Wade, but he didn't touch him. Uh, it, no. was, it was a bad call. D Wade hits one of two, 
Kings can't score, game over, Bulls win. Uh, DeMarcus is, and this is warranted, was freaking out. Shouldn't yeah, get called. Out after the end of the game. And, you know, I, I don't think that he sh- or even before the end of the game, like when D-Wade was going to the line, and I don't really blame him. I think most players would have that sort of reaction if they were called on a bullshit foul like that. But then at the end of the game, he, uh, I think he kind of backtracked, and I, I think there was definitely some sarcasm. Uh, yeah, there was 100% sarcasm because uh, in the tunnel, I mean, he was like, after the end of the game, he's flipped out. I mean, he said some things to the refs, and then in the tunnel, he, like, took out a trash can. There's a picture I saw on Twitter from one of the Bulls guys. It's just, like, this trash can Boogie destroyed. But, yeah, no, Boogie then brought the sarcasm for sure in his post-game comments saying, you know, it was the right call. It was, uh, you know, those refs don't get enough credit. They, uh, they're they excellent. Always make the right call. I mean, he was – it was pretty funny. And, I mean, the Bulls, like, Dwayne Wade – kind of said like it wasn't a foul uh Taj Gibson was like yeah it's kind of sketchy <laughs> um, so I mean no it was uh definitely like a phantom foul call uh the definition of one uh it was yeah I mean uh you know coming from the perspective of being a Bulls fan we need uh every win we can get right now they uh not we but they need every win they can get right now uh, because they've been uh kind had some ups and downs here, but I do feel bad for for my guy Boogie who uh just can't catch a break. Uh, it seems like a lot of the time it's always like he's always on the bad end of this stuff. Yeah, he is, and it, it's unfortunate. I I want the dude to have success, and if he's gonna stay in Sacramento. I hope somehow they can turn this around. But his image is just. It's, but this isn't even his fault. Like, no, I, right? That's what I mean. It's just unfair. It's it's wrong place, wrong time. And uh, But like we said before this pod, we do have to give a little credit. Despite the fact that D-Wade did just completely blow the dunk, he did have two clutch steals that sealed the game for the, for the Bulls. And they were like vintage young D-Wade plays minus the missed dunk. Yeah, I mean, those... Um and yeah, I mean it, the the boogie the the second one that that sealed it was you know, boogie had the ball tried to do a tried to spin on Taj and then Dwayne Wade yeah just snuck up from the other side poked it away and then was able to get it to Michael Carter Williams who you know, dunked dunked it put up the bull put the Bulls ahead and and kind of sealed it it was a game closing defensive play but. That's like one of those like that specific play. I think I've seen Dwayne Wade make a half a dozen times. Like he's definitely made it against the Bulls. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we were talking. Someone brought up was that you know I think like John Salmons. There's a play he that happened, and I could kind of vaguely remember that. But even like Bulls Heat 2011, I think he had to have done that a few times there too. So he, uh, I mean, yeah, guy can still turn it on. I mean, it's not. He can't do that every night, but in those moments, I mean, you can't. Old man still got those those tricks and and stuff. And yeah, we need they needed it last night, especially because that was just a back and forth kind of bruising, ugly at point game. Yep, uh, I don't know. I I don't really know what else to say regarding that man. I really hope that Boogie 
just for the rest of this, even you know, not even thinking long term, I really hope that Boogie and the Kings can kind of have a better second half of the season because the last few weeks have just been once or twice a week some crazy thing happens and Boogie looks bad and um, so, you know, not some of it has been his fault, some of it hasn't, but uh, last night was a bummer. I would have liked you never like to see like I don't think regardless of who you're a fan of, you don't like seeing a game ending the way that that one did. Yeah, I mean, and the, the yeah, the last kind of thing about Boogie, too, and we've talked about it, his, his demeanor and stuff, but but that's like the part that sucks about it too more than anything is, and I don't want him to change at all. Like he's that dude's real, one of the, probably the realest dudes in the NBA, and I love it. And that's like him and Russell. I think that's like one of the things I like most about them is just how real they are. Like, yep. they're not hiding anything. Um, how they feel is how they feel, and yeah, they wear their like emotions him. on their sleeve. You just yeah, know and it's just what's like going on with them, and it it which I love. Like I want more people to be like that, a la Jimmy Butler. Um, but no, um, <laughs> no, I mean like it's just like the, when those things happen to him, and he just yeah, he's gonna react how he feels, and um, it sucks that every time that those things happen, it's always on him, but. Um, you're gonna know that he's he's upset by it, and I just wish that that wouldn't, I guess, negatively you know impact him as much as I think it kind of does. Right. Well, let's move on. Do a little trade talk here, PJ. There hasn't been a lot to talk come that out talk. this last week. Talk that talk. Uh, so, you know, Rudy. We mentioned Rudy Gay towards Achilles, so he's kind of out. Apparently, the Hawks are have taken everyone left on their roster off the market. You know, Except air quotes for, on that, but who who knows what, what's going to end up happening there? I don't think it's really true. I think if someone gives them a good deal for Millsap, that could easily happen. Who knows? Like right, throwing out we, Howard. I don't think that's happening, but no. Who knows? And we we talked about even like the Nuggets last week. You know, we we talked about the Nuggets and Paul Millsap both, but like those trade possibilities last week. Um, but there's some some new stuff, right? Kind of close to. Close to home. Close to home for you. Yeah, so we haven't talked about the T-Wolves very much the last few weeks. For a few weeks, yeah. And they don't really deserve to be talked about, but given the way they've played played a little bit better (laughs) lately. They've played a little better lately, and Rubio's played a little better lately, and he might have even upped his trade value and apparently is being aggressively shot by the T-Wolves. As he uh, should. It was reported that the Pistons and the T-Wolves have discussed a swap of Reggie Jackson for Rubio. Then uh, Van Gundy came out and said, like told Reggie Jackson, no, <laughs> we're not trading you for Rubio. That's not happening. Uh, and so that's looking like it's not going to happen, PJ. So I want to know two <laughs> things. One, one, well, one, if, how should I feel as a T-Wolves fan if this was to happen? And B, if this trade, like like Van Gundy said, is not a thing, what like what kind of package could we realistically get for Rubio at this point? So, oh, let me let me take the first part. How you should feel about a Reggie Jackson possibly entering the T Wolves situation? Um, you got to hope that he's immediately on board with whatever Tibbs has got, because I. Based on everything I know about uh, Reggie Jackson, I think the first thing that comes to my mind is that he's kind of a penis. Uh, oh, okay. 
Kind of a little bit of a dick. <laughs> I think uh, I think Reggie Jackson feels real good about how Reggie Jackson plays. Uh, um, this makes and, I'm feeling good about this. Okay. But I mean, like, I think he's like a. But I mean, for the most part, then it's. I mean, Duke can ball, and he uh, he's got a little nasty to him that that is good, and I think it's like if something that maybe a little bit of an edge that I do think the Timberwolves could use at points. I think they could use a little bit more of a mean SOB on them. Like, I mean, you kind of want that edge to a team. I just, I like that aspect to it. Um, and I think Reggie Jackson would give them that. I just, I don't know how he'd be as a, and I've never heard anything about him, I guess, in the locker room like as a teammate necessarily i haven't really read anything about him being an issue um but i know other teams like he's you could i he i guess beef, describe him he has beef with russ and kd That's yeah but i think he's got, he's got beef with a few other guys too um he's he's gotten into it with some other teams but i mean so yeah what i would probably describe him he's most likely that kind of guy that you hate playing against him like he's kind of a ass but you know as a teammate he could be you know teammates could love him type thing you know so that's like one aspect I, mean, I think he's an upgrade over rubio in my opinion um i've never been a big rubio guy just because uh, i don't Nor know how I. you yeah so i i from so that before, perspective before i like you, it but before you move on to this, my second part of this as to what yeah. we should try, if this is, doesn't happen, what what should the T-Wolves try to get? So my initial reaction was like, okay, Reggie Jackson is, he can score, he's an okay passer, um, you know, maybe he could bring a little bit more stability and at least put more pressure on other teams' defenses that Rubio just can't do because he is pretty awful outside of being able to pass the ball and uh, defend at a pretty high level. Um, however, Reggie Jackson just is more of a score first point guard. Yeah. Which, you know, is not yep. a bad thing, but I don't know how that fits with the T wolves because they have three young guys that can really score. Uh, and they don't really have anyone outside of Rubio that averages above five assists a game. Uh, and I think that Reggie Jackson is just North of that. So I don't really know how you'd fit. And just, like, no, the T-Wolves, any team in the Western Conference outside of the Spurs and at least the Clippers for this season, and probably the Rockets, like, your team, none of, no one else's roster is really built to contend and even make a run at beating the Warriors for the next few years, as long as, you know, assuming Steph comes back. So why don't you build for three or four years out and try to make the best version of your team at that point? Reggie Jackson has three more years on his contract after this season. We just drafted Chris Dunn. We don't know who he is yet. And I know he hasn't right. played well this year, and he hasn't looked great offensively, but you're giving him less than 20 minutes a night. So why not just see what how he fits as a starter for a few weeks or a few months and see what kind of point guard you think that he could turn into before you just you know sh go trade a point guard for another point guard that you're going to pay for pay sixteen million dollars a year for the next couple of years. Uh, I'd like yeah, to see but, what kind of player Chris Dunn is before we just move on. From yeah, him. but 
See, what the problem you have, though, Ultra, is, I mean, yeah, that Reggie money, though, is, is pretty good with, especially with how the cap is. It's a pretty good value, I think, for what he can be for you. Right, he's more of a scorer. I think him and Levine kind of overlap there. But when you're saying, and the plan you laid out is not a bad approach. I can't knock that. Um, but you have a man running your organization, Ultra, that doesn't has never been really a big rookie guy. He's never been really into young players. He's always sided more on the veteran side of things. And I think, you know, from a lot of perspectives, Reggie Jackson is, is young enough. He's, um, I think he's 26 maybe. Yeah, 26. He kind of seems like a Tibbs guy. I mean, I can definitely see why Tibbs would want him I, when I saw that stuff. And I don't really think Rubio is that kind of person. And, I mean, I Tibbs wa- I don't think Tibbs wants to continue to acquire young guys. I don't think he wants to necessarily have a, a whole team of, of guys that are developing. I think he wants, so I would say, someone like a Reggie Jackson, you know, someone that's maybe 26 27 they're just entering their prime type of thing established in the league and and trying to start actually setting a a tone for this team a little bit more um and i think that edge i think tibbs really likes that competitive edge that you know we we've talked before about wiggins demeanor um carl anthony towns doesn't necessarily have that killer badass you know streak in him either he's getting some more of it I gotta give him some credit. Yeah, but I mean, he's like, but he's not nearly as like emotional as a, someone. No, he's like, not. no, you need he's to. Definitely not. You know what I mean? I just they don't have that edge to them, and I, I Tibbs no, likes edge. Um, I so just don't I, want my. I don't want Reggie Jacks to be my edge guy. I'm not disagreeing with anything. You're yeah, saying, but. no, I I could I can down with that. I could I'm not. Yeah, if, if Reggie Jackson isn't that guy, but you know who is the. Who's that piece? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, mean, I wish it was an easier fix. And the other thing, too, is that even if you think that you know who that guy could be, uh, chances are your best your best way of getting him is to, is to trade for him as opposed to trying to sign someone in free agency. Yeah, because I mean... they're like they're not going to be able to get really great franchise players to come to Minnesota... Um, they have a chance maybe because they can max some guys out and they can sell, you know, you get to play with a great young core that can, you know, prolong your career by you won't have to play as much minutes with this team. You can grow with this team and turn it into a contender, but you can be the guy. Um, I don't know. It's yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do with this and if they try to package. If, if what you're saying – I. You're right. Uh, Tibbs wants to. Tibbs wants to win yesterday. Like he. Yeah. He's in for winning every single game, and. Yep. Um, so why not go for a bigger name and package together like Levine? And I, I like Levine. I've gone on saying like, please don't trade that guy, but Rubio, Levine, and our first round pick, and try to go for a bigger name. I'd rather see that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he'll. I mean, I think he's if he's talking because that first round pick the, is starting to look like another top six, seven pick again. Right, that's what I mean. So I mean, I think if he's doing that, like he's looking for, 
an established superstar already. I mean, and I don't know who's who's necessarily available this very moment. I don't think for anyone that. really is. I don't think anyone's really well. And the other guys of that caliber, right? And the other piece of of this that we haven't really discussed, you know, we've we've thrown out a lot of trade possibilities. The trade market really has not been set. Like since since the new money kicked in, there really has not been a big trade. People are trying to figure out. It, it's still just been a lot of tiptoeing. I think in the league since this last offseason and there hasn't been a giant blockbuster trade I, I the the market is still I think teams are still trying to figure out where they want to fall and it's just this kind of pendulum of to you know do we go in on on maxing out our, our cap do we try to keep some flexibility and then you just have this the, the fact that you you don't know how to value certain guys you know what's what's yeah. more valuable a long term a guy that signed you know two two off seasons ago We've got three years of control they're a veteran uh, you know is that kind of a a contract more valuable and, and what's that value at this point you know is that a first round can you get a higher pick for for someone like that because what is Rubio this is last year or does he have one more year is two more years. Oh, so he's, he's got two years after this? Yeah. Oh, so, I mean, that's attractive in some ways. Because it's like Robin Lopez is kind of that, that type of a dude uh, who initially when they made that trade, everyone was like, oh, look at this money. But then when you saw the money the other guys were getting and what Robin Lopez is, he's a pretty good value for his pretty contract. Affordable. Yeah, it's like a good value. Um, yeah, that's going to be something to watch for sure is – what players are worth is just so skewed throughout the league now because you have John Wall that's making like low tens of millions, and then you have Alan Crabb who's making like fifteen million dollars a year. You know, it's just and not no shots at Alan Crabb. I think he's a nice role player, um, and he's young and he could turn into something even better. Mm-hmm. He could be a great play or trade chip at some point down the line for the Trailblazers. But unquestionably. <laughs> If you look, if you saw that contract like two years ago, you would be like out of your mind. Like, what yeah. is that? That's unbelievable. Well, it would but- be a lot more. But I mean, I mean, due to your point, like, oh, just to make a quick jab at the Blazers. I mean, I think the Blazers would like to trade any of those contracts they gave out this offseason. Anyone would take any of those off their hands. I think they would be happy for that. I think the Evan Turner one in particular. I'm I'm less of a fan of that one than I am of Alan Crabb just because. Well, that was like have, a bad like, one. Yeah, that was instantly. You're it just like, didn't, it's just I'm. I don't even necessarily think the Evan Turner isn't worth like. Okay, no, he's not worth that much money, but he could be a couple million dollars less per year, and be on a team where he's essentially the backup point guard, and it'd work fine. But with the Trailblazers. You know, they want to have CJ or Dame on the court at all times, and if one of those guys are on the court, they're going to have the ball in their hands, which doesn't fit well with Evan Turner. So yeah, it doesn't make sense. No, I just was like, no, but that's like one of those, and there's other. But there, there's, uh, there's always those moves like, oh, the other one, signing Joakim Noah. But like those moves, you're like, oh, that seems bad. Like I don't, like why would you do that? Like that just seems like a 
something an idiot would say, no, you shouldn't do that. Like, why would why would an NBA executive think that's a good idea? It doesn't fit, or this player's hurt, like, he's done. Like, why would you give him all that money? And then you're like, well, the, but there's always, like, that thing in the back of your head where you're like, do they know something that we don't know? Like, and, yeah. I, and I'm always saying to myself, nope, like, I think I know everything about Joakim Noah. Nope, I think I'm pretty, like, squared away on Evan Turner's game and what the you know, Damian Lillard and CJ McCall and like what their games are. And that doesn't seem to fit. And then when it happens, you just really just wonder like, could you not be like, you know, we could be an NBA GM and say like, yeah, we're not going to sign Evan Turner to $72 million or whatever, because he doesn't fit with our two best players. Right. It's some, it's just funny. It's really funny that you say that because sometimes you, we, you think, whoa, what the hell? And it, it works. But very but, times you're like this clearly is just doesn't make any sense. Like I personally liked a lot of the moves that the Pacers made in the yeah. off season, and it hasn't looked great. And I still can't pinpoint exactly why it isn't working as well um, as I thought. But then the Trailblazers won. I was like, whoa, Evan Turner, what the hell? And then it was pinpoint like. Yeah, it's just he doesn't really. It's just like surface really level. Team. Yeah, I guess like what I mean is just it's like surface level. Like you see that in, in three seconds. Like you just you think about it real quick, and it's just right off the cuffs. You're like, yeah, that doesn't fit. Like there's just there's certain moves that have happened over the course of time. Another one I'd say, uh, trading Tyrus Thomas for Lamarcus Aldridge. Shout out to that <laughs> one at one point. Uh, right away, I was you know freshman i think it was a freshman in high school wherever i said that's a really bad trade and like that being your first reaction like i don't know but you instantly are like that's a bad decision i um it's just like stupid no it's just yep. consensus like no one gets why it works and there isn't a really sound argument against it like why those moves are made it just it perplexes me but Anyway, that was a nice little tangent we just went on. Yeah, yeah, we've gone on a tangent here. Let's uh, let's move <laughs> on, Peach. I'm gonna, I have a few quick hitters here. Let's spend yeah. a few minutes on each one. First, Bucks yeah, have been yeah. on a little bit of a slide lately. Yeah. Have lost five in a row to the Hawks, Sixers, Rockets, Magic, and Heat. And we'll get to the Sixers in a second. But uh, anything yeah. in particular that you can point to in these games where they haven't played well? And this is right after they like beat the Spurs without Giannis and had been playing really well. Uh, what do you think's going on? Well, they haven't scored the basketball as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, turns out you have to be able yeah. to score. That was the. I mean, that's what that we figured would be their issue this season without uh, Chris Middleton. It's just Jabari and Giannis have been so good. They've been on board been able to overcome it at times yeah i mean they've only broken a hundred in this win streak once um and those teams are not great i mean the rockets one i did not think that like that just was a bad matchup for them it's a good game it was for a, yeah, I mean, a like good it was fun it was fun to watch if you're a rockets fan yeah but um that's just a really bad matchup for the the Bucks, for, you know, yeah. just yeah. off paper. The Magic and the Heat games are pretty concerning because, they like, suck. those are yeah, they suck. Those are two games I think that the Bucks should have definitely won, without a doubt. Um, <laughs> I mean, they're definitely a bet. They're better than both of those teams. 
Eastern Conference opponents that play them a bunch of times a year. Yeah, those are two games that you want to win. Um, but like something specific, it just it hasn't flown really that great. I think I haven't looked at their stats as far as like shooting wise, but just the games I've watched of it, it just is kind of offensively they just kind of look stale and it's it just hasn't really worked well. I mean, now when you give up 30 let Dion Waiters score 33 points on you, that ain't that's uh that uh, to me automatically says like you're doing something wrong defensively. Malcolm Brogdon had a really bad game. I think that makes sense. And yeah, Malcolm, yeah. Malcolm Brogdon. <laughs> yeah. I'm not. Malcolm I'm not doing Brogdon. anything. Cut. Oh, I was just gonna say like yeah. The my take on letting Dion Waiters score 33 points indicates bad defense. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Nothing. Nothing revolutionary there. But not exactly um, a hot take. <laughs> no. Um, but Malcolm Brogdon had a real bad game last night. Um, didn't play well i think like that's kind of an aspect of this he he needs to fair or not the term words of joe buck fair or not um like melgan brogdon's a, a really big piece on this team like he's become a really uh, pivotal pivotal part of that uh you know it's it's interesting i mean jabari got benched last night because he talked out and said there was some like lack of togetherness with the team so i mean there's some stuff there i just uh i can't they're they're, like when watching the game they're just they haven't been very dominant i think they've just probably played down to their competition in in this stretch more than anything sure i I guess that's like the best way to describe that in a a long a long answer that you're looking for a (laughs) short answer on like, I, there's nothing specific I can think of, but it just it hasn't looked great in the games I've watched. Well, they're still an incredibly young team. That uh, you know, Malcolm Brogdon, when he's played well, they've they've he's been there. Yeah. When he can kind of step in for Giannis when he's off the court, but to, you know, obviously not to. He's not playing at Giannis's level. To, no question about it. But he's been yeah. really good, especially from what they were expecting out of him. Um, well, Brogdon's been it, a steal. And if he doesn't, and if he doesn't play well, then they just don't have enough depth. Yeah, their second, their second unit's not going to be very good. Um, yeah, it's, I, it's. I think they'll still be okay. I, I think that they're going to end up being the eight seed, which is going to be awesome to see them play the Cavs. I'm oh. fingers crossed for that. I hope it happens. Um, let's move on to another young Eastern Conference team, the Sixers. Yeah. Have won six of eight. Yeah, Embiid they've had, been. And Bede ran into a little bit of an injury and is a little scared the other night, but it looks like he's going to be okay and it's more precautionary than anything. Ben Simmons is going to be back within the next month or so. This team is like officially like they're fun, fun. to watch, man. Yeah, they're really fun to watch. Like I yeah. watched earlier this season, uh, I watched a few of their games and against the T Wolves and I forget who else I was watching them on League Pass. Um, but they've just, they weren't moving the ball. They had no confidence. Uh, and since the last couple of times I've watched them, they just moved the ball a lot better. Like they unselfish basketball getting Embiid. I mean, Embiid has been playing out of his mind, which is certainly yeah. helped, but he has just given that whole team a level of confidence that I, mm. we haven't seen in like five years. More than that. Yeah. I mean, no, like that's, and honestly, like that's a, just a, uh, I think a part of it is just there. Um, you see with them, and uh, yeah, that's the perfect way to say it. Though is confidence. I think they're 
offensively, like, you know, what they've done. I haven't really seen anything drastic that they've been they've been doing as far as scheme or anything to say like they've made this big adjustment. I think just a lot of it is they've caught themselves in some success and they've started to see shots go in that they hadn't seen go in before and it's just like that it's contagious honestly though more than anything and I think Embiid is a big part of that and you see him just being um which I think is the, the one of my favorite things about him is just how much of a cheerleader he is for these other guys like he um you see TJ the TJ McConnell which go on Embiid's Twitter if you haven't like we were talking about this I think it was a couple nights ago you and I but had you look on there because he had after tj mcconnell's shot like him doing this fist pump but it's a side by side of mcconnell and then there's one of mj like yeah, doing a fist pump it's super it's so f- fire it's amazing um then you see robert covington he's after the game he's like oh that's my guy like my dude did like you know i think he's more than anything he's taken this team and uh really just em- embraced it and you know wants to be the the face of the franchise but he's just pushing so much confidence on the other guys like he doesn't make it about himself and he's he's trying to build up his teammates and it's it seems super genuine to me it, it seems like he, he genuinely likes playing with these guys even though they're some of these dudes probably shouldn't be in the league you know still you can make an argument there like talent wise but he's having fun and i think it's just you see some of the the players that we've talked about for the last couple of years on the, the sixers starting to develop um but there's still you know the one side of this where i'd like to see them make a move or, or two you know coming up here try to move my my guy jaleel out of there because i don't know if that's really working out so well for anyone no, and I, I'd i like to see Jul- – I mean, Okafor is such a talent offensively, and I'm not ready to give up on him defensively either. I think we've talked about this on the pod, um, but he's he's good, man, and he, he could be really good and useful on a lot of teams in this league that would love to have someone that has the ability to pass out of the post and score out of the post. And right now he's not even getting minutes with them. Like he's getting some – he's going to be able to play for the next – I'm guessing Embiid is going to be out for a little while just to let him heal 100. Um, who I hope he's. Well, he didn't good. play. He didn't play. He didn't play against Atlanta last night. Yeah, I think he's out indefinitely. Uh, I just hope oh that he he's is. It, I think. Uh, and I because they they had a to, I hope he's able to play in the All Star game. I hope he's back in a few weeks. And um, but maybe this is a good opportunity for the Sixers to let Okafor play up his trade value, and then they could they could trade him. Oh, I mean, they've been trying to put him, I think at least like the last couple weeks, like really tried to give him the minutes and really try to let him showcase some stuff. Because I, I do really think they're trying to to move him. Um, but no, I mean, there was the stretch. Yeah, looking at it now, I mean, he had, had a, lot of, a lot of missed games here. Um, but I mean, when he's been in, like they've been playing him thirty-five, you know, thirty, thirty-five minutes. But um, yeah, man, I mean, they're they're cool. It's it's cool to see. They're they're fun. It's not it's not bad basketball. It's uh, it's entertaining, and they're they're certainly. I hope it continues for them all year. I hope so too, man. Uh, so one more thing, let's talk about CP three. 
had to have yeah. thumb surgery after injuring and breaking. Uh, I think he broke a bone in his hand against yep. the Thunder. Thumb. He's out six to eight weeks. Blake Griffin is coming back. It looks like this week. However, the Clippers, you know, they've been able to hold things together whenever DeAndre is out and CP3 is still in, or if Blake is out and CP3 can still play. They had rattled off seven straight wins leading up to uh, Chris Paul getting hurt, but now they've lost two in a row, including getting blown out by the Nuggets last night. Um, it's not good. Uh, no. I don't know how this team is going <laughs> to – they just need to hold on tight, and I, they, they're going to make the playoffs. Like, they're uh, – let's see, their record is so – they're 29-16. They're yep. not going to – you know, they're going to finish top – six or seven in the west yeah they built themselves a nice buffer they built themselves a nice buffer a couple things i can say is yeah build themselves a nice buffer (laughs) for the fourth time in a row (laughs) they have in fact built a nice (laughs) let me establish that um i think they'll make the playoffs it's unfortunate they'll they'll probably they won't be in that top four by the end of the year uh, the CP injury, I think he's going to be out six to eight weeks. Just, I mean, if you're going to have the injury, this is not the worst time. He'll be able to get back in like mid March. Plenty of time to get back in a groove, and hopefully they can build towards some good uh, momentum, get their their thing going, going to the playoffs. But this like injury thing has just been like when I look back at this Clippers core. Like, that's been the biggest kind of Achilles heel of them. I think during one of these bad breaks, they probably should have really looked at blowing this core up. Uh, and that's kind of, I think, where it's going to be going more than. I think so, too. So that's more what I want to ask you is. Yeah. So uh, if, <laughs> I think know, it's headed that way. I think it's safe to assume they're probably. This is going to be their last year, in my opinion, that they should make a run with their current core. And if it doesn't happen, then yeah, they, you I, know, I think Blake Griffin is it. Well, Blake has one year left. Or no, Blake, he, he he's out. Blake and Chris Paul. He's going to be a free agent. Chris Paul is going to be a free agent. JJ Reddick's going to be a free agent. If they re-sign all three of those guys, I just I think it's a mistake. I think they need to switch something up. And I think it's Blake Griffin, in my opinion. You'd walk away from Blake. I try to re-sign Chris Paul. I'd walk away. I'd walk away from Blake. Wow. He has had so many injuries. I just don't. I, I have serious concerns about him being able to stay healthy. Wow. I was. I was gonna go the opposite <laughs> way. Sorry, my opinion's so boring, man. Jeez. No, I just. I was like kind of taken aback i lost oxygen for a second <laughs> oh, okay. i am um, see i would kind of go the opposite way with with it i'd keep blake and maybe move from cp i don't i mean damn that'd be i just like blake's gonna be in his prime i it's a tougher sell for me to be like comfortable letting blake griffin walk than chris paul who's on the team, back end of his I just don't I know they get for point guard, and this team hasn't been good when it's DeAndre Jordan and Blake Oh, Griffin. Austin River, baby. Austin okay. River's baby. Uh, well, no, I, I mean. Talk, I don't want to go down that. 
No, I'm just right now. just poking at the bear, poking <laughs> okay. at the ultra bear. All right. Um, yeah, man, it. I think it's going that way. It sucks. I've just, I've always kind of liked the Clippers. I've liked their, the. I've liked do like this core together. It's just they've constantly run into some bad luck, and it's. I don't know. Yeah, it's pretty pretty crazy. I just it it's tough for me to get sold on the idea of walking away from Blake without some sort of getting something back for him more than well, anything. But fair yeah, enough. we'll have to keep. I mean, we'll keep an eye on we'll keep how he returns it. from his injury and hopefully he does this week. And hey, I hope he plays really well and they can put some some wins together while Chris Paul's out. But. Uh, let's move on to our in and outs, PJ. What's uh, what are you in and out on this week? So, um, so this week I'm in on uh, Popovich. Greg Popovich once again proved that he's pretty awesome, dude. Uh, had some some pretty fire comments before last night's game. I think it was like Cavs media were the one that posted a nice video about it, um, but it's just comments about. The inauguration about Donald Trump. Uh, it kind of started out though with him speaking on just how great it was to see all the women's marches that went on uh, during Saturday, and how he really was touched by that and thought it was just a great uh, way of you know the American people standing up for for their beliefs. And frankly, it, how he put it was you know, being kind of against a lot of what's come out from from Donald Trump even, you know, before the inauguration, even his first day, kind of full day yesterday at the CIA. Um, and, and what it really got me thinking about more than anything, and you kind of see is sports and, and politics mixing together more and more. But I'm very interested to see kind of when we get to that point where you have a team win a championship especially like the nba more than anything what's that reaction going to be like towards this administration like are you going to have a full team like think about it like the spurs or the Cavs or the warriors they like just picking those top three teams out because those are probably my top three in the contention i think for the title like if any of those three teams won do you think like how they would like react to going to the White House to see Trump and just those three teams definitely being very outspoken on social issues and um, being active I don't, and, and I don't I don't think they'll go. Yeah, I don't I don't kind of think so either. That's kind of where I'm at too with it. But I I do really like that, and and we've talked about this before too. But just that the NBA isn't afraid to talk about these social issues. These, these coaches, this league has embraced uh, people speaking out on their opinions on, on these things. And, um, you know, just, just hearing Pop's comments, I, I thought they were great. They were well said, put a lot of it in perspective, just kind of saying how, you know, if this stuff doesn't sound right to you, if it, you know, not to make excuses for it, not to uh, try to normalize it, that it isn't normal. Um, and it's just, He's constantly like when he speaks on this stuff, it's it's really been refreshing and and well said and and, and I think pretty on point. So that was just cool. I really kind of something last night that came up liked um, 
but what are what are you in on ultra so kind of along the same vein uh i was in on just all of the women's marches that took uh took absolutely across across the world yesterday and, and the biggest thing and i was talking about this uh on friday was i was i was really i was kind of afraid because when i was afraid that at some somewhere someone would do something stupid and some act of violence would would take place and i was just really happy that uh it was nothing but positives and no one was hurt and everyone was able to protest or you know for whatever whatever um reason anyone would want to go out yesterday and wherever they were i'm just happy that everyone was able to do so and did it in a respectful way and no one was hurt so uh it was just like it was really powerful yesterday and it was good to see that everything um that so many people showed out and it was a really cool thing yeah dude it was cool it was um it was kind of like the perfect example of what the kind of american way is though being able to speak your mind do it peacefully um yeah it was powerful stuff shout out to everyone that i think you and i both know a lot of people that were involved in that yesterday uh so it was cool to see proud of proud of all those people that that went out and did that absolutely but uh, I do want to hear about your out because I, I think I have at least a guess as to what it was. Yeah, so talking about all those nice things that people were doing and like powerful, meaningful stuff. Uh, my um, stupid brain did a hot sauce challenge yesterday with a group of friends. So my out is hot sauces for a little bit. I um, If you've seen the, the YouTube series Hot Ones, it's really great. You should check it out. Shout out to Hot Ones. Um, they do an awesome show. They just interview celebrities, but the challenge is they have this lineup of hot sauces from mild to extremely hot, and you just eat one wing of each hot sauce. So we did that yesterday. Um, and I, I can throw down some spicy food, and uh, your boy didn't react so well afterwards. I'm uh, nope, and, uh, struggling. Struggled yesterday. Struggling today. And stomach's so not did, feeling great. You did I finished. Facebook Live this. Yeah. Um, and I uh, and I watched a good chunk of it, and uh, it was it was something else, man. It was a pretty brave thing to do. It's uh, yeah. I mean, it's it was just like a very you know macho male ego. Like, oh, I can eat these hot sauces. It was tough. My stomach did not do well. I finished it. There was a point where I was contemplating life and death. Um, like there was that. <laughs> there was a pivotal point where I was like, "Oh, I might actually have to bail." Like I don't know if I can do anymore. I wasn't feeling like I was feeling a little nauseous, and it just was. It was a bad. It was a test of my physical ability. I did not. My body did not react well afterwards. <laughs> Um, so I'm going to kind of take it easy on the spiciness for a little bit here. Probably uh, smart. Shout out to Steamboat Barbecue. You know, we in Illinois for their great uh, wings, though. The wings were delicious. Uh, sauces were interesting, <laughs> to say the least. But it was fun. It was a really stupid thing to do. Um, it was fun, but, <laughs> yeah, that was how I spent my... Uh, Women's March Saturday, so yeah, that's one. That's one way to do it. Uh, but yeah, that was took some something took else, a different man. took a different set of courage on my end. Yeah, like, <laughs> but that's putting it wh- mildly. Ha, get it? Um, oh, 
<laughs> Ultra. You like that? I like that. Uh, you like that? I like that. All right. Well, my uh, my out is on the Oakland Raiders announcing they'd be likely moving to Vegas. I think they officially fired, filed the paperwork to do so. I just think that the Oakland Raiders, It's a the franchise has been around for so long. Uh, I like that the Bay as had the a LA Raiders. Team. <laughs> I got, well, yeah, I mean, I get it, but like, I don't know. I I would have liked to see them say in Oakland. I think that that uh, they were just starting to turn things around, and that community really enjoyed, you know, yeah, going to their games. It's not like they were struggling to get people to go to games like the Chargers were, and it's just a bummer to see them move. But speaking speaking of the NFL, uh, real quick before we wrap up here, there is uh, some. An additional player that I'd like to talk about, and I know that you'd like to talk about as well. That uh, sounds like he will be uh, trying to make a comeback. Yeah, there was season. some, there was some stuff. There was some, uh, some chatter on the interwebs this week from a, a guy that we both were fanboys of at, at some point, and uh, yeah, just one quick little thing here. Johnny oh, Manziel, yeah. <laughs> Johnny Manziel, no longer lost in the sauce, baby. He, uh, yeah, he went on his little tweet thing. Uh, not really related to basketball at all, uh, but just a guy that Ultra and I, uh, based on his uh, performance on the field, were big fanboys of. So we just wanted to give a shout out to Johnny Football. Yeah, and his start uh, to his comeback. I mean, he's. Uh, as he is his own words, 2016, he was a real uh, asshole, I think is what he said. Or I don't know. You could, use of, but, you could use a lot yeah. of different words to describe it. But, hey, I, PJ and I fell in love with Johnny Football uh, when he won the Heisman Trophy and going into the NFL. And we supported him when he got drafted by the Browns. And I kind of lost track when he started beating up girls and <laughs> – doing some really yeah. shady stuff but i believe in second chances i hope he can turn it around and i'd love to see him have success i just hope they can do it in a non-douchebaggy way which is exactly how he's acted like the last two years so hey good luck johnny football make your yeah. comeback dude i hope it works yeah. out hey, exactly well yeah, perfectly man. said ultra yeah. Thank you very much, sir. But yeah, so they're uh, back to NBA stuff. The some good games this week: Spurs Raptors play Tuesday, Rockets versus Celtics Wednesday, Bucks versus Raptors on Friday, and then Celtics Bucks and Golden State Clippers. Yeah, Celtics next Bucks, baby. Weekend, so uh, should be a good week. Hopefully, PJ and I can get together and do a podcast either later this week or next weekend. But. Uh, Got some all star. We'll have more all star stuff. Yeah, we'll definitely have to do a pod and discuss that further once those come out. Do you, what not, what day is it that those come out? Well, they come out. They either announce them today or tomorrow. Okay, well, if there's anything crazy that comes out of that, maybe we'll have to do another quick podcast during the week. Otherwise, we'll uh, we'll definitely bring you guys another podcast next weekend. Stay classy, America. Yeah, but check us out at the pointforwardnba.com or on Twitter at the point forward. PJ and my Twitter handles are at foolishkilo and at ultra jacobs. Check us out on Facebook and please leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher if you like what we're doing. But uh, yeah, PJ, hope you have a good week, man. I'm excited to talk some more NBA later. Yeah, you too, man.
Have a good weekend, everybody.